Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer and aspiring software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Hindsight is 2020. Finally. <laughs> Since New Year's Eve is a Thursday this year, and we are happy, happy, happy to see 2020 gone, we have decided to make our typical first episode of the year the last one of 2020. In this episode, we'll talk about the predictions we made for 2020 and whether or not we got them right. It's been an interesting year. It'll be fun to see uh, how we did. Then we'll give our predictions for 2021 going back and forth like we do every year. But before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? Well, last week we did not record um, and we're mm -hmm. making up this week. And there's a reason for that. Well, there's actually more, more than one reason. Sunday evening, I uh, was taking a shower and water started coming back up the drain. So I got out real quick and basically we had a line clogged. And it was pretty gross. Just leave that as, as that is. And then that night, the heat went out in the house. The inducer motor in the furnace tore itself apart. So last week, I got a new furnace. I went through multiple different things to pour down the drain to try to break the stuff up. I did Drano, and then I did sodium hydroxide. And then finally, it was a muretic acid mix, which basically burned all the stuff and smelled so bad the dog left the room. But we got that fixed, had to drop 2800 bucks on a new furnace. And on top of that, I've been dealing with fire alarm problems. They all started chirping about three o'clock this morning. There's like a low battery warning. And I had installed them all at the same time. So the batteries may have all kind of been dying at the same time, but they also are wired in. And so like they'll, if one of them goes off with something, they all go off with it. So basically I was dragging a ladder around at three o'clock in the morning, just taking the smoke alarms out of the ceiling. Because there was, I couldn't troubleshoot that at three in the morning. It's like, you know, I'm just not literate. I got to just make it stop. So yeah, I'm kind of tired of my house. Because <laughs> I've had that and I've had a dishwasher, a washing machine, a hot water heater. And I'm trying to think what else. There was something else major that messed up this year. So I've dropped an unbelievable amount of money on repairs. Oh, the air conditioning unit. I replaced an air conditioning unit. So yeah, uh, 2020 has not been very easy on me uh, household finance wise. So how about you? So uh, in better news than Will, I won the Individual Achievement or Individual Excellence Award at work. I know it's called different things in different places, but it's the same award. So yeah, that was really cool. I was nominated for a couple of other awards. And when I saw the like videos for the finalists for those other awards, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, there's like no way I'm going to get the you know, the ones that I didn't get because like, like, yeah, no. But then I was kind of surprised about this one because I didn't know I'd been actually nominated for it. So it was pretty awesome. School's out for the holidays. Uh, I took my final this past weekend. Of course, you know, those of you guys listening to this episode when it comes out are going, uh, duh, it's been out for a while, hasn't it? But, you know, it is. We record early. So, you know, it wasn't too bad. Uh, kind of fun, actually. Nothing beats being able to talk about having erasers thrown at your head in your final exam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, we had a few questions about memory leaks. So I told the story of our whiteboarding as uh, part of my example in the answer. And then uh, Amanda is finishing up her final tonight. So that'll be nice. Uh, I was telling Will earlier, my office is almost complete. I have a few things to organize and a bookshelf that needs to be put together. And then we're going to have to take a trip up to McKay's uh, because I'm going to go through my books. I've already started, uh, which reminds me, I have a networking certification book of yours. Oh, that ancient Um, one. (laughs) Yeah. 2001. (laughs) Yeah. I I found a quiz from school in there. Yeah. Of yours. (laughs) Hey, hey, Will did a good job. He got a 25 out of 30 on it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm well, I'm not messing. I did find that. But uh no, uh I'm not planning to buy more books than I take in uh-huh. this time. Uh I'll believe that I, when I, I do see have, it. Yeah, I do have a pretty long list of books to read and not near enough time to read it. And finally, at work, uh we started development on the project that's been in planning for what seemed like years. Of course, I spent the first couple of days in meetings and setting things up, but tomorrow, 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 I get to actually do some development work. I'm really looking forward to it. So speaking of looking forward to things, you can look forward to bringing your financial confidence up to the next level. Lucas Casares is a fee-only certified financial planner and financial coach who serves tech professionals with his company, Level Up Financial Planning. And he does this virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Level Up Financial Planning, like us here at Complete Developer Podcast, believes in the importance of having a real plan and taking action so that you can live your best life. And right now at the end of the year is a great time to really be looking into financial planning. Yeah, because even though this year was horrible, it went quick and all the others do too. So, you know, a lot of times people think that they're too young or they don't have the kind of investments where they need to work with a financial planner or where they can. But Level Up has got a unique pricing model that lets you pay monthly and without requiring investment management. So you don't really have to wait to feel confident about your financial decisions. You can start today. Yeah. And best of all, Lucas is a fiduciary for his clients. And that basically requires him to act in his client's best interest. A lot of times you hear the term financial planner and it's a pseudonym for a salesman, but that's not what Lucas does. He and I had a a long conversation the other day about it as I was learning some more about what he does and It's actually really good. It is a little bit expensive, but the value he provides is phenomenal. And the great thing about it is that you only pay so long as you're getting that value. Yeah, and if you'd like to get some value for free and learn more about what he can do for you, uh, check out levelupfinancialplanning.com for more resources. So last year, we started the episode with a joke about this year, this episode, being the most fun predictions because 2020 would be in hindsight. However, now most of us are glad to see it go. Yeah. um, Even with the year we've all had, this is still one of the most fun episodes we record each year. We both look forward to reviewing our predictions from the previous year and creating new ones. It's important to stay up to date with the changes in technology, especially in your particular field. And looking back, to see what you missed and what you predicted well kind of hones your instincts for that. 
Yeah, it's fun. I've actually, when I do these episodes, I go back and look at our previous ones. And I've noticed like we've gotten better and better. Now, 2020, guys, we'll see how we did. It may have been an off year just because of everything going on. Honestly, I know exactly how we did, but you know, I'm trying to play it up. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, I was like, read? Wait, but you wrote half of it. <laughs> I know. I, I, could, I was, I was going to keep going with that, but Will was just looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah. So no, I'm just, I'm just playing it up with you guys. Uh, I've been looking at this, this whole episode. year. Like, what are you doing? Not at you, oh, just yeah, at the true. year, at the calendar. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, in this episode, we get to have a little fun and make educated guesses as to where we'll be in another year. You know, we're going to start by reviewing our predictions for 2020. Each of us were pretty accurate. It's amazing how we've been able to move along and get more accurate. And what's really amazing is how even with the year we had, we were pretty straight on with our technology predictions. And then after we go through the previous year, we'll get into our predictions for 2021. So we're going to do this the same as we've done in the past. I'll go first and then we'll, we'll just go back and forth with them. So my first prediction for 2020 was that electric trucks from major American manufacturers such as Ford or Chevy would come on the market. Tesla broke ground with the Cybertruck in 2019. While aesthetically, it leaves a lot to be desired. The fact that they built it shows that it's possible to have an electric truck with decent towing capacity. So of all the predictions I made, this was the biggest hit. Both Ford and GMC have designed all electric trucks that they plan to release in 2021, according to Car and Driver magazine. It's really cool. There's also quite a few other startups and smaller electronic vehicle companies who are also making electronic trucks. The thing I like about the Ford and GMCs, one, they are you know, major manufacturers who are going into this, and their trucks look like trucks. Some of the others look sort of like trucks. It's just, I recognize that with an electronic vehicle, you don't need like air intake. You don't need a grill, but they just look weird without them. Yeah. You know, so GMC is uh, coming out with a Hummer EV. Yeah, they're going with the Hummer name. It's going to be an all electric truck. They'll also have an SUV under that Hummer EV name. And its price is going to start around 100000 with cheaper models coming out in future years. Mind you, GMC is sort of the higher end of trucks as well. Ford, who produces the most popular truck on the market, the F-150, is producing an all-electric F-150. And I watched a video for a promotional stunt they did where the all-electric truck pulled 10 freight cars loaded down with 42 F-150s. Um, I think it was it pulled at 1,000 feet, but I mean, that's some pretty decent towing capacity for an electronic truck. Predictions are, because Ford hasn't said how much it's going to be, that the F-150 is going to be a bit cheaper, around 55000 which isn't much more than some of their higher-end you know, gas trucks. Yeah, and if they tighten that up, that'll work. <laughs> yeah. 
I was telling Amanda, I'm like, you know, my car is going to last me a few more years and then I'm going to buy a truck. I'm like, you know, by the time I get around to buying a truck, they, they'll have worked out a lot of the kinks, at least the early on stuff in the electric trucks might look into it. Yeah. And there might be a, a cross bleed into the non electric trucks as well of technology that works better. I mean, yeah. Once you get stuff out to consumers like that, you'll get all kinds of interesting just side effects mm-hmm. in technology. Yep. So my first prediction last year was that generational tensions will get worse, uh, particularly between boomers and millennials trash talking each other. I said that it would get uglier with more boomers retiring as government expenditures will go towards healthcare for the more elderly members of society, while a lot of people in the workplace will struggle. Um, that basically puts the boomers and the millennial cohorts at odds as far as what they need from government, what they need from healthcare, what they need from all the different things. And it's going to create resentment between the two. And I said that it would become more politically apparent and probably get some focus in political campaigns. And I feel like I nailed this one pretty good, although I was not predicting the uh, COVID-19 outbreak, which definitely ratcheted this thing up to a whole nother level with both sides calling the other selfish quite a bit. So I, w- I would say that's a a win in prediction and a loss in civic uh, civility. <laughs> yeah. My number two prediction for 2020 was that there would be a rise in the number of non-developers learning some of the basics of programming to write and work in low-code applications. Uh, there are a lot of enterprise-level automation platforms that allow non-developers to create applications with little coding involved. And the amount of these will increase and developers will basically have to maintain them, maintain, build them, and work on more detailed or more specific type of applications. So, like Will, I did not predict COVID-19. I don't think anyone could have but uh oh, if they did you know. they're really rich from buying all the Charmin stock yeah with a lot of time on their hands because of covid people in roles kind of supplemental or around development have started learning it more software development is an essential job but it's an essential job that can be done remotely udemy and others have seen an uptick in intro level courses course sales, and then small businesses who would never have thought to have an online presence have basically been forced to build something to provide their services. Because of that, companies like Squarespace, which provide non-developers a way to quickly build a website, are booming. Um, And there's several others out there. That's just the one that I've seen commercials for most recently. Also, because of a lot of traditionally in-office roles have become remote, those outside of development altogether have had to learn new technologies and how to make their role work remotely. So my number two prediction from last year was that things will get worse on the U.S. southern border and south into Mexico. Um, At that point last year, we had already seen an incident where the drug cartels outgunned the Mexican army. Um, which is pretty severe when you think about it. When I said it will happen again, and some of it may spill across into the U.S. 
for a result, I would say this was not really on point uh, because COVID dwarfed everything else. But the border still has a lot of very interesting things going on that, you know, they are ratcheting up in intensity, but they, you know, they kind of got mellowed out, I think, a little bit by the pandemic outbreak. Yeah, I think a lot of stuff got priorities shifted, you know? Yeah, they really did. I mean, there there was a lot of stuff going on before the pandemic that people just aren't like, this is no longer important. Yeah. You know, and it, it's interesting to see that. And I think going forward, I mean, I know I read through our predictions, but uh, even further than just next year, I think the long-term impacts of these priority shifts are going to be seen. And we're going to see things where people who were very adamant about something realized, hey, that's not important and they're not going to be as adamant about it. They're going to be adamant about other things. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just the way the world yeah, goes. It does not change their personality characteristics for sure. Just their focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my third prediction for 2020 was that major trucking and shipping companies will start implementing autonomous vehicles for long-distance shipping across state lines, basically. Truck drivers may not be out of jobs yet, though they will likely have to learn to work with the new technology, as not all states will be on board with autonomous trucking. So for now, I was predicting that we'd see a blend as the cost for the autonomous trucking goes down and companies move in that direction, um, especially as the safety gets better for them. So with this, it's starting to happen. In June, a startup called Too Simple announced a network of fully autonomous trucks. Um, They have a three-phase plan. Phase one, which started this year in 2020, covers Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. Over the next couple of years, they plan to expand to all of the southeastern states, uh, basically down here where Will and I live. And then by 2024, they plan to be delivering across the country. Like their their phase three is nationwide. Then in addition to Too Simple, Waymo, which is a subsidiary of Alphabet or Google, announced it has self-driving trucks in several states from California all the way to Georgia. So this is coming. I guess it's pretty much a hit because we are they've already started shipping across state lines. And within the next four to five years, we'll see autonomous trucking nationwide. My number three prediction um, <laughs> was that more people will be able to push for remote work more flexible working hours, and better compensation in the U.S. IT market. Uh, While lots of bigger companies are making potential hires jump through more and more hoops to get a job, a lot of the more ridiculous interviewing practices, such as whiteboard interviews, are going to start hitting natural limits soon. The market will still be good for senior developers, although it may get a bit soft for mid-level and junior developers due to saturation from coding schools. So like it was hard not to giggle reading this because um, this whole year has basically been that one getting hit on the nose over and over again. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, is we got about five years of progress in that stuff this year by True. June. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's been a rough year, but that's 
that's what rough years bring is a lot of progress in a short amount of time. Or that's what a lot of progress in a short amount of time is. It's rough. Yeah. Well, I mean, resistance yeah. builds muscle or it catches things on fire. So <laughs> it's also futile. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. A so, so this was a trick reference there. Definitely uh, very interesting. Uh, it's especially humorous that I wrote, it's going to start hitting natural limits soon. Like Mother Nature just reached out and said, no, you're going to work remote. It's like, wow. Um, so obviously this was a hit. Um, it was a pretty annoying hit too in some respects when you write a book on remote work and it lands in the middle of a pandemic yeah. with everything going on because you can't predict anything. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're targeted for what's happening right now, it, everything was harder than it had to be. Mm-hmm. It was a sudden shift. It wasn't something that was... Oh, hey, we see this coming in the next few years. So like Y2K, we had, well, we didn't, we were in high school, but you know, the world had plenty of time to prepare for it. Hey, yeah, I uh, did some coding. (laughs) Well, you were a little bit older than me, so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, the world had time to prepare for that and get ready for it. So it wasn't as big of a, a shift, but for for 2020 for COVID and the pandemic, we didn't have that. It was, it hit, you know, we had, well, like going to completely online services. They started looking into it about two weeks beforehand. And like, I was tasked with figure out how to do this and told, we want to have this ready by two weeks. Cause that's when we think it's going to have, like they're going to lock it down and they were right on with it. Yeah, so. it was it was weird for me too because I read about uh, the Chinese and Russian land border getting closed mm-hmm. in Pravda, like in February, and I was like, I probably need to start stocking up. So I was prepared when it happened, but even then, you know, when you have a month on everybody else, it's still hard to get ready, and I don't even yeah. think you can get like headsets and stuff still a lot of times, or cameras and those kind of things. Like they're still out of stock most places. Mm-hmm. It's getting better, but it's there's still some of the some of the equipment. It's headsets and cameras are may, they may not be in local stores, but they're you can get them online. It's the more esoteric equipment like the switchers, and we were wanting to change some of our setup, and we we bought the last Black Magic HDMI catcher to plug into the the computer we bought the last one at the store and they haven't had them in stock since because they're selling out before they can get them in stock well and even stuff like you know for a while there even stuff like network cables you know yeah. like oh i want a cat six cable and you know i had to crimp some mm-hmm. i mean grant, granted i've got a spool i've got all the stuff i just wanted to buy one so that i didn't have to like fiddle with it and find all the pieces but I mean, it, it was really crazy how much stuff was out. I know. I ran cable at the church. <laughs> it was interesting. My fourth and final prediction for 2020 was that the world of augmented and virtual reality will blend with wearable technologies to create immersive experience. Uh, we've already seen VR arcades where all the games are virtual reality. And I'm like, we may not have full-on haptic suits for gaming, 
but we will see the use of wearables with AR and VR becoming popularized throughout this year. Yeah, you know, this one was also a pretty big hit. Um, as people have been quarantined and in, unable to do stuff, the world of AR and VR has really like come through for us. I was talking with my boss a few weeks ago and you know, talking about going to the gym and like saying it's weird because you put on the mask to walk to the treadmill and then you take it off on the treadmill, put it on, walk to and like pick up your weights and then walk back to where you're going to lift and then take the mask off to lift. He was telling me that he has an Oculus and he just uses that for exercising. Yeah. Like that with the Fitbit or Apple watch and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, I just use that for exercising and it does all the tracking and stuff. And I'm like, that's cool. Uh, I've seen some advertisements for legitimate, like not, advertising to me because I'm tech, but like just on TV advertisements for spin bikes and stuff like that, that take you through this immersive experience and things. It's, it's really cool. You know, Walmart sells a virtual reality star Wars game for less than a hundred dollars. Facebook is planning on producing smart glasses next year with Ray-Ban. Well, And then if you search Amazon for wearable tech, you'll find hundreds of options. Um, And then you can even narrow it. Like They have the option to narrow it to virtual reality under the wearable technology category. Like This is really becoming a thing. And I think because people have been stuck inside and not able to get out and do stuff, uh, I know there's like virtual tours of things. I've, I've watched a few virtual tours and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they start coming out with like 3D VR immersive virtual tours of places. My fourth um, prediction was that a downturn in coding schools will occur. It's hard to pay coding school staff to stay on while you're trying to make the coding school inexpensive enough for the students to attend and then pay it off. Right. Because the teachers could go get a job that pays more. Uh, and mm-hmm. coding schools have grown a lot in the last few years. They've expanded quite a bit. And my thought at that point was that they probably grew too fast. I do believe that this was sort of a hit, but not for the reasons I thought it would be. Just with the whole COVID lockdown and stuff, you know, people were trying to do coding school remote. And a lot of times that doesn't work real well, especially, mm-hmm. you know, initially, you know, just learning all the tools and, you know, wanting to show somebody what's on your screen and having to fight with that. Um, so I do think that they took a ding from it, but I haven't gotten any numbers back on that. Um, I also think that the uh, economic damage that was done by this virus has probably made a lot of people put off their plans to go to coding school. Yeah, because a lot of coding schools you cannot get uh, student loans for. Right. Some of them, like I know Nashville Software School has a plan where... You have to apply for it and stuff, but basically you pay it off after you get your job. Yeah, I've seen a few of those as well where it's like a percentage of your first year's income or something. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that sounds great on paper, but the problem is, is when you have economic uncertainty, people don't try that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What I've seen be the most successful, though, is the coding schools associated with existing universities. Like Vanderbilt has one here in town. 
and things like that. Even my graduate school is pretty much all online now. And depending on the class, like, you know, some of them are online basically means you got a book and the professor posts the quizzes from the teacher's version of the same book. Uh, like, that's all you get. Like, yeah. It's like, I'm like, why, why am I paying? But then I'm like, oh, oh wait, and I just I'm buy not, the teacher's so. version of the book and go through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to help me in the long run. So I'll, I'll tolerate it for a few classes. Some of them are, are better than others, though. So. And like the, the one that I did this past semester, the book was really good, which I do need to send back the supplemental book that I rented because I never even used it. But whatever. All right. So that ends 2020. Uh, <laughs> we're going to move on into our predictions for 2021. We are doing this again, just like we've done in the past. We ha- each have four predictions and we'll go back and forth between the two of us. Um, and I will go first with my first prediction. So my first prediction for 2021 is that we're going to see a lot more people working remote from distant locations. So not just like, oh, hey, I work remote, but my office is 30 minutes away. More like Will, who works remote and the office is... Six and a half hours away. Yeah, something like that. Um, 2020 has taught the doubters that remote work is a valid option in more than just development. Lots of industries are moving that way. I was already remote before 2020, but we recently learned that we won't have to, well, we won't have an office to go back into. They're moving. And so we're just going to have some conference rooms to use when everybody has to come in. But uh, we're not even going to probably have everyone in at the same time. Uh, And we're not going to be coming back once a week. So like we're going even further into the remote world because they found out, hey, it works and people get their work done. Well, and they're not sick. Yeah. Even with the flu or whatever. I mean, they're just, Mm -hmm. you know, the the group health is better. That's true. I have some friends in other industries that have seen their offices completely shut down and employees told that they can just work from anywhere. One friend worked in the insurance industry. Uh, dealing with claims. And it's like, you're on the phone all day. If you've got an internet connection, then you can connect to the network and take phone calls. It doesn't matter. Industries are learning, hey, we don't have to have people right here. It's also saving money on office space. And one interesting thing I saw on these lines is Hawaii. I saw that. Because their biggest source of income for the state is tourism. And when people can't travel, what are they going to do? So they are offering to pay round trip tickets for people to come out there and work remote from Hawaii just to boost the economy. I just realized my wife is probably hearing this on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So my first prediction for this next year is that you should probably expect that there will be some more medically oriented tampering with your life in ways that are both harmful and not. Um, And that's going to increase next year. 
Um, it's not just COVID, but a variety of things that people would have been kind of wary of will probably come to pass next year because this whole thing has been a system shock and it just kind of, we have a different set point now. So stuff like temperature scanning when you enter places with crowds is probably going to be pretty commonplace. You know, for instance, there will probably be more stringent enforcement of vaccine mandates. Um, We're already seeing moves in that direction. There's also going to be a little bit of political heat over where the line is drawn on this stuff. You know, there's going to be some new arguments about, you know, where your personal liberty ends and where other people's starts. And that's going to go back and forth and it's going to be interesting at best. But it also means that there's a bigger market for things that will be positive in the long run. So, you know, tools that you might use to self-diagnose, for instance, at home, you know, your home Mm -hmm. thermometers are probably going to be better. You're potentially going to have stuff that actually like looks at biometrics and figures out, okay, you know, dude, you might need to go to the doctor. And that may be built. You know, I I didn't talk about this, but when I was doing my research on the, my last point from 2020, the AR VR stuff, there's a lot of medical technology in that realm too. Yeah. And a lot of it's going to be, you know, honestly, really, really helpful for reducing Mm -hmm. mortality for, you know, just getting a lot of other diseases under control, even if COVID disappears or when COVID disappears, we're still going to have the advantages that we gained by this struggle. Yeah, that's true. So my second prediction for 2021 is there is going to be a rabid increase in paranoia and anti-science rhetoric. This is going to happen as more is understood about the COVID-19 virus and earlier assumptions based on less information are shown to be false. People who don't understand, like non-scientists who don't understand the process of gaining information and what we know about something changes over time as we learn more about it are going to be throwing out a lot of rhetoric, especially as like Will talked about vaccines. The vaccines are entering human trials now. I think I saw on the news at the gym this morning that they'd already started giving it to people in the UK. Yeah, there was like a 90-year-old woman, I think. Yeah. was the first one. And, you know, it's yeah. it's good that they can get that stuff out quickly. Of course, there's obviously going to be the obvious questions of how safe is it um, mm-hmm. because they were in a hurry. Yeah. And, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year for that. Yeah. I mean, we've already seen a rise in the anti-vax movement. But, guys, I, I just want to say virology, epidemiology, and medicine are highly specialized, highly complicated fields. And you're going to see people on social media, even news media, take things out of context, not understand the science or the process behind something, and then try to use false information, rhetoric to get you to believe one thing or another. And so, like, I'm saying this prediction as a warning to not allow yourself to be taken in by it and to really research, like do your own look at things and, you know, ask for the data behind it. Be a skeptic. Yeah. And I would also add, bear in mind that when they're doing experiments and they're collecting data and stuff, this is not like Newton collecting data, 
right? Like it's not a physics experiment. It is a extremely complicated multivariate equation going across the population. Yeah. And towards that end, the things that you thought you knew yesterday might not be true tomorrow, or they might be true in a different way, or they might be more true. And it's going to switch between those things probably a lot before you get to the end. Yeah, I mean, it's if this weren't a dangerous thing, it would be exciting. Yeah. You know, because there's there's a lot to learn, a lot to grow, but because because of the danger, because of the the people dying from it, it is like it's not exciting, it's scary. And the people who are out there doing this research are are doing the best they can and I just I just want to caution everyone to really pay attention where you're getting your information. Yeah. And not allow yourself to be led one way or the other, but make a rational decision about stuff. Yeah. And double check it against, you know, basic physics, basic math. Yeah. You know, some, there are things that I've, I've heard said that I'm like, that doesn't work. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. the physics doesn't like particles don't move like that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely something to uh, keep your eyes on. Speaking of yeah. keeping your eyes on things, um, my second prediction is that regulatory pressure is going to be brought to bear more forcefully on the big tech companies, especially uh, the social media companies. There are very few electoral parties left on the planet that like them at this point. They've ticked off just about everybody one way or another. The other thing that they have done over the past year is they have shown a great deal of power in various ways, either in shaping opinion, in locking down content that they don't like, promoting content that they do like, and people in power don't like to share it. And so they've they've made a move that I think is very, very dangerous for them collectively. And so I, I expect more regulation. I also think that they're going to start showing pretty severely decreased uh, value to advertisers. I know that as far as advertisements for the podcast, like as far as like putting ads on Facebook and and those kind of places, like we didn't see the value several years ago and we sure as heck don't see it now. And I think a lot of other advertisers are going to see that as well as, you know, just all the inflated numbers and some really sketchy stuff that has gone on under the hood. The other thing is that the legacy media is going to start poking them too because they're a threat to them. And the legacy media still has a whole lot of eyeballs on them. So this could be a really interesting time for upstarts in those areas that aren't burdened by all the problems that the existing players have brought on themselves. Mm -hmm. That's very true. I've seen a lot of upstarts that are trying to address those. And the problem is they're, they're trying to address it and they'll cause other problems. Yeah. Or they're trying to address it with the same business model. Like, Oh, we're going to have advertisers, but we're totally going to allow hate speech. Like, dude, your advertisers are not going to let you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're setting up constraints that literally make what you're promising impossible. Yeah. So my third prediction for 2021 goes along with one of Will's predictions that came true this past year. And that is no more whiteboard interviews. I feel like, yeah, just like chanting that or something. With the uh, remote work on the boom and the industry moving forward while still distancing i mean software development is one area that we have felt the effects but we've also been needed yeah Uh, not as much as the medical industry but we have still been needed 
we've seen tech interviews don't need a whiteboard because we've had to have them where it was distant now, like where we couldn't be in the same room. Uh, there are going to be tools, new tools developed to better assess a candidate's abilities and thought processes while coding. A lot of the training or pair programming tools have been repurposed for interviews during the pandemic. And my prediction is not only there are not going to be any more whiteboard interviews, but we're going to see more of these type tools being developed and marketed for remote interviewing. Now, I do want to ask you something that's slightly off topic, but it'll be quick. Have you noticed that people are pair programming more this year? Because I've definitely noticed a a serious uptick in pair programming because it's almost like it has to be the social activity. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not going to go hang out with someone for lunch. You're not going to, you know, especially introverts, they're not going to hop on a Zoom call or a Skype call and hang out. But they will if there's a purpose for it. Yeah. I mean, this has definitely been the introvert's year. Yeah. The homebody introvert, not the outgoing introvert. It's still not been (laughs) real great for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had some friends, some introverted friends who I I talked to them like, how you doing? Like they were just really stressing because they were not as involved in a community. And so they just like you would invite them to go out after work every time the group went out and they would go maybe once every five invites. Right. Kind of person. And And now there's no invites. Yeah. And now, and now like when we talked, he was like, I just want to go out and do something. I just want to be around people. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. Is it the one that lives close to me? Yeah. Oh, we go hit up a Mexican restaurant or something. Um, (laughs) that's easy to do. Yeah. My third prediction is that people are going to be less neutral about remote work. I think this is kind of a gimme, (laughs) you know, Um, (laughs) at this point, either people have done it and they like it or they've done it and they hate it. There's no middle ground left as far as how people feel about the idea of working remotely, at least 100% of the time. Now, there's a lot of people that are like, I'd love to do it two days a week or three days a week, but they're like, I don't want to do it all week. And you're going to see some interesting IT hiring shifts as a result of this. Beach brought up the whole thing about the whiteboard interview going away. I think the other thing that you're going to see is now that people have had this experience, they're going to be keeping their eyes open for things that caused a problem during the lockdown. So, for instance, if they're hiring you and you display signs that you might not have a good work ethic unless you're micromanaged, they're not going to hire you now because they can't micromanage you. Or if the boss seems like he might be a micromanager, you're not going to take that job because you realize that it's worse when they bug you at home. Mm -hmm. And so like both sides in this case have learned a lot this year and they will be applying it. Yeah, that's that's very, very true. I have learned I work for some really great people in a really great job just because like this whole transition... Mind you, we were already working remote, but it's been really good. Of course, I've I've also not been on a strict team. So most of the year I've been able to be like, all right, you need this built. 
give me a couple of weeks and I'll get it to you and kind of work on my own schedule, not have to go to meetings about it and stuff. That's been fun. Um, but I've also been pulled into a lot of meetings because of a skill that I kind of already had, but it's been refined because of the podcast and being around Will. When you can take the tech and make it understandable to non-tech people, yeah, you're very highly valued. Yep. And you get pulled into everything. Yeah. And this is how I learned to have a really good boss because I mentioned it and he put a stop to it. Then we both worked on stuff and I said, I started putting specific two hour blocks of dev time in my schedule. That way, if someone schedules a a random meeting during that time, I can be like, hey, you got to talk to my boss because this is this time's already scheduled. Yeah. So and then it's not on me and it doesn't make either one of us look bad. (laughs) You know, so we're almost to the end. Our predictions here. My fourth prediction is uh, kind of a fun one because I I like to throw in semi-technical sort of fun one in there, but uh, we're going to see a shift in the music culture. I've said several times that I fully expect to see a lot of new and creative music coming from artists who have been quarantined and have had like, haven't been able to go on tour. So they've had time to write music and do all the things that if I only had time, I could really experiment with this and try this out. I see over like 2020 was when they were developing that 2021 is when that's going to come out. Yeah. I, I just, I see that. And indie groups too i'm thinking you know like Mm -hmm. i mean just as much as like you know you've been playing at home you know my daughter has been learning piano and i know quite a few other people like the kids down the street you know i can hear their uh, rock band practicing two or three nights a week oh yeah garage bands and people who haven't really been in the music world like or haven't been big smaller ones i think they're going to start to become popular i think we're going to see a shift in what is popular music. Yeah. I was talking to my friends at the music store where I take lessons and just hang out because, well, I like those guys. We were talking about it and the guitar prior to 2020 had been sort of on a downshift just because that's not where popular music is anymore. Like in the nineties and early two thousands, you had like pop rock and popular music had a lot of guitar in it. Early 2000s started the shift away from that in popular music. As you're getting into the pop country, bro country stuff, you're see, you started to see some guitar come back. But with people being stuck inside all the time, not able to go to places that had like the all the wonky equipment that they use in pop music these days, I guess there's been a massively increased interest in the guitar like my guitar instructor and i had to like he knows my my schedule is flexible so he's like hey i've got a lot of new students coming on can we can you like there was probably about a month or two where every week i had a different time for my lesson yeah just because i was being i was helping him figure out a schedule with all the new students he had which is just really really awesome i'm so i'm so glad to see that but what I can't wait for is that new music to come out, those new bands, that new sound that we're going to get. Like, we're going to see a renaissance in rock music, I think. I'm like, I love rock. That's my probably favorite genre. 
Um, if I had to pick one, that's the one I'd pick because it's so versatile in my opinion. But I like all sorts of music. I think the other thing too, you know, you start seeing a lot of other stuff blooming too, like puzzles. Like there was a period there where you could not get a 500 piece puzzle at Target or anywhere. Like you couldn't get them, any of them, anywhere. Do you, do you want some? No, not now. But I mean, like oh, okay. board games, puzzles. Um, you know, I've seen more people that are playing chess. I've seen more people that are learning foreign languages for a little bit and then they quit because most people do. There, people are trying a lot of stuff that we used to do before the internet that used to be the hobbies yeah. because they're they're so sick of the the net. It's ever present now. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like art supply stores are are running low on stuff. I was over uh, at, I guess I can say this because this is coming out after Christmas, but um, for our friends at church, we're going to make them ornaments. Amanda's very crafty. So we're going to do that. I've got some fun ideas for some of the people. We were there looking to buy stuff and like just going through it. It was barren in certain areas. Yeah. Like you go looking for a canvas Good luck. You better order that online or go to Walmart. Walmart. Has yeah. Walmart has been impressing me here lately with the stuff that yeah. they have. I'm like, this place, I mean, cause Walmart used to be a dump. It was where you bought like cheap crap that you had to reinforce before you put books on it. Yeah. Well, you know, I will say this. Walmart used to be really bad about not having stuff on the shelves. Yeah. They would have it in stock. It just wouldn't be shelved. And since they've been closing to clean and restock, like they actually their stock. shelves have been, they, <laughs> they've been stocked. Like it's annoying if you're a late night person or you need to run to the to Walmart in the middle of the night. But it's actually been nice going during their hours and being like, "Hey, they actually have stuff on the shelves." Every now and then I'll go, like especially when they're setting up the Christmas equipment, they'd have a bunch of stuff out uh, in the middle of the aisle, but that's not been as big of a problem as it has in the past. So, you know, kudos to Walmart. They closed down completely for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And kudos to them for that. I think the shopping culture has changed too, honestly. It has. So it It has. So speaking of culture change, uh, my fourth prediction is that travel and big events, including large conferences, will still be locked down at the end of the year in some places, possibly most places. Uh, we're not out of this yet, you know, any stretch of the imagination and, you know, we could just as easily get hit by something else after this. So there's going to be a lot less travel just in general. Um, I think a lot of events are just going to flat out go away and others are going to morph into being online only. Some of those that will actually be better. Honestly, there's cultural things that happen at at big conferences sometimes that are probably not the most appropriate. I know you and I've had that conversation a few times to just the amount of just drinking and debauchery we've seen at some uh, tech conferences is maybe a little more than is necessary. But I will yeah. say this. I do think there's going to be a fair bit of travel right after whenever COVID tapers off because people are stuck at home, stir crazy, looking for places to go. So once they can, there, there'll be a bunch of travel. So one thing that I've seen is like out at Hop Springs where they make Steel Barrel and Mantra beer. They have, they've put up two stages on their property. And mind you, they've got a bunch of land out there. And so like they've got a hiking 
area, disc golf course, a dog park. I mean, it's a community out there. But uh, they installed two rather big stages and they've got chain link fences. So you buy a plot or like buy you like when you buy a ticket, you, you rent a plot there and you come in. It's like just it's like all grass seats, but you come in and you can stand in that area and they're six feet apart. So like your little group gets that area. I'm like, that's a really ingenious way of doing it because when COVID is no longer a thing and it's going to happen, you know, but when that happens, all they got to do is just take up the fences and they've got or not. They may just go. Yeah. People may like that better because other people's conversations are, you know, and they're not getting bumped and you never know. Like these said by the person who doesn't like crowds. Yeah. I love crowds. So, yeah. You know, but I mean, that I mean, an introvert's bar like that might be a legit thing. That's true. That's true. You know, trivia night will be harder because <laughs> you won't know? <laughs> hear the table next to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, of course, the, the prediction about travel does assume that there's no major conflicts that break out. We did have some interesting ones this year uh, between uh, Armenia and Azerbaijan, for instance, a few other places that, you know, were kind of coming. Hopefully we won't have a major conflict after this, but obviously that will pretty much wreck any travel that's going to happen if it does. So yeah, it's contingent on that. 2020 was not the year that anybody sane expected, but its challenges have also opened the door to a lot of opportunities. Even with all the stuff going on, almost all of our predictions came true in some sense or other. Much of this has to do with our predictions being about technology and the industry around it, as well as just predictable things about life versus, you know, too much optimism or pessimism. Uh, If anything, the the events of this past year have cemented our dependency on technology in our daily lives. While 2020 was not the year many of us hoped it would be, we here at Complete Developer Podcast are excited to see what 2021 has to bring. Yes. Yes, we are. And uh, before we close everything out, we do want to give a big thank you to Lucas from Level Up Financial Planning for sponsoring not only this week's episode, but for joining us this year as a sponsor and just really, you know, just being an awesome, awesome person to work with. Like he really is. We've known him for a while now through the pandemic. We've had several conversations with him and Guys, you know, he is a really great person to work with, and he's someone that you can definitely trust with your finances. That pretty much wraps us up before we close everything out this year. Will, what do you have for us for the final tricks of the trade? Well, I want to have give you the cheat code for years like 2020, because this isn't the first one. Uh, Everybody's had a year like this. It's just... Not everybody's had it the same year in in quite a while. (laughs) You know, probably not since, you know, in the West, you know, probably not since the 40s uh, that that you've had this much churn and just general disruption or maybe right around 9-11. And the thing with years like this is there is opportunity in the chaos, right? Like there were people that absolutely made bank. I was listening to interviews with people that were already selling like face masks. Just and their business in the U.S. picked up just tremendously. They made millions because they already had something going, and they were able to pivot to 
you know, producing face masks or they're able to pivot to producing hand sanitizer or, you know, they were helping with e-learning or they were doing, you know, something that was, that was useful in this space and they could jump to it. So, oh yeah, I, uh, I have a friend who was in the medical field, not, not in medicine, but in like the medical supplies field. Yeah. And I called him up just to see how he was doing. And he's like, Hey man, I wish I could talk. I'm like right in the middle of this like multi-million dollar deal going down. I got to let you go. And I'm like, yeah, let me go. He, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why did you answer the phone, man? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, this is something that I, I think you have to create a mental model for yourself that works for when you get disruption. So like when something bad happens, are you able to say that's great because and then find some way that it's good and pivot to that? Uh, because you're going to have to be dynamic. You're going to have to be able to roll with what happens when you're in a year like the one we just experienced. Um, because if you if you don't, you stand there flat footed and you try to resist what's happening, you're going to get hurt. So you have to be you know, less karate, more jujitsu, uh, essentially, in your approach to life. <laughs> so um, just kind of think about that when you run into something that is bad or looks bad or feels bad or feels like it's going to blow up in your face, figure out how to pivot so that it doesn't and so that it works to your advantage. Because if there's enough energy there to hurt you, there's enough energy there for you to get out of the way of it and not get hurt. So figure out what that is. And that's about all I got. Stand by for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is Hillbilly Hip Hop by Jason Belcher. For references, show notes, and to sign up for weekly emails with extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Catch us each week as we broadcast live, talking about what's going on in the tech world and answering listener questions. Learn more about all of our shows and groups by going to CompleteDevelopernetwork.com where you'll find links to Junior Developer Toolbox, Developer Launchpad, and our other communities. Thanks for listening. See you next time.